Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Sands Podcast, a Belly Up Sports Media Podcast. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Dave of the New Era Sands Podcast. Welcome to episode 10. With me, as always, is Phil and Eric. You can find them on Twitter at PLAU and Eric Samson93. You can find me officially now using the podcast account at New Era Sands. Uh, as we are recording, we just finished watching the overtime win against the Nashville Predators. And boys, what a beautiful way to end that! That was poetic. We needed that after that seven-two ass whooping by the Rangers, and then the game started three nothing. And the Sportsnet dildos, because I don't like them, were talking about how we let in ten straight goals, and it was the most deflating, emotional feeling ever. And then we come back and kick ass. Boys, how's the night going? Let's start with you, Philly. Um, I Not too bad, man, to be honest with you. Um, I was kind of discouraged after that first period. I was actually ready to turn the game off after being at the game on Saturday. Uh, was kind of deflated as a Sens fan because we started off strong and proceeded to get our asses handed to us. So I thought that going into the uh, going into the game, I thought maybe they they learn learn their lesson, feed off the vibes from Sen Skills Comp yesterday because it was a pretty raucous crowd. One hundred seven point one for Chicken that would win the All Star Hardest Shot competition with Weber and Chara gone. That's that's all paved way for freaking Chicken if you can get into the game. Oh, 100 percent, oh, man! Like even um, even Norris was was up there too but uh yeah i thought that uh it's kind of discouraged but then uh apparently i saw that parker kelly uh made a good speech in the first intermission which obviously lit the guys up and uh, got the fire going and you know the ending of the game nice big 4-3 win wait i didn't see that parker kelly's the one that stood up and said something during intermission yep leadership right there man Fourth line leadership. That kid. Oh man, I love that shit. We'll get we'll get to the New York stuff though in a bit as well. Eric, what do you think of the game, buddy? How are you feeling? It's been an emotional roller coaster for the last week of Sens hockey. How are you feeling right now? You're not crying, which is a good thing. No, I, I mean we came back from three nothing down. It's not really much more of a better feeling than that. I. Th- I th- thought we were toast, so has they proved me wrong? My kid doesn't uh, say bad words, and he's not very rude. But, like, tonight he's having a bath when they scored that overtime, and I yelled. <laughs> and my kid yelled, shut up, daddy, in the, from the bath. He's <laughs> <laughs> going make me come drown, you child. I'm just kidding. But, um, all right, let's get into it. Episode 10. Uh, I want to go over the last seven games. It's been an emotional roller coaster. We've had Montreal twice, both with wins. Uh, Winnipeg, Boston, two top teams with overtime losses. 
which were hard-fought games, man. It was great. Um, good start against the Rangers. I, I don't think I've ever seen Ottawa shit the bed so bad in my entire years as a Sens fan. And then tonight come back from a 3-0 deficit to win 4-3 in overtime. There's a lot to take in. There's a lot of information over these last seven games. You know, we've had some good goaltending, some shitty goaltending, some some fourth-line guys really step up. Uh, you know, the stars showing up. Let's start with you, Eric. Last seven games, man. What's your take, bud? Uh, we need a goalie. That's that's my take right there. Uh, um, it's it's been s- such a roller coaster that um, the inconsistent goaltending. If 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 we had a even had a average, we we probably could have beaten. Um, I'd I'd say probably Boston. Um, we wouldn't have got demolished by New York with four goals on four shots. That's for sure. Fuck no. Um, the is the Winnipeg game, in my opinion, could have gone either either way. Uh, the Sens could have definitely took it, but shout, shout out to you for coming to Edmonton. We went and watched that game live together. It was a one p.m. start here in Edmonton. You know, Eric had like five beers. I had zero beers. We had we had some chicken wings and some steak bites and some good times. But that was a really good game. Uh, not super eventful, but it was fun. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Philly, what do you think? Last seven games, man. Two wins against Montreal. Boston and Winnipeg overtime losses. Flyers win. Ass whooping by the Rangers. And a 4-3 comeback win against the National Predators. Yeah, considering I was at two of those games, uh, both of them losses, I was actually quite sad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bad track record, buddy. Yeah, I got a free tickets for the for the Boston game for my uh, for my uh, owner because he was going on vacation. He went to Mexico, so he gave away some of the games that he had that week. Um, so I don't know. I, was, I thought the boys played well. It was a a crappy giveaway to led to that goal in, in overtime against. Uh, Against Boston, then they started off good against Detroit. Like against sorry Detroit uh, against New York, and then I don't know what happened. Obviously, that fight went the wrong way and proceeded to allow ten straight goals. I honestly don't think Brady should fight anymore, unless like it is an absolute must. Brady needs to like point at somebody else and be like, "Go fight!" Like that's what he needs to do because when he's not on the ice. Things go bad when he's in the box. Five minutes in the box is not a good time for Ottawa, and it kind of sucks at the same time because the fact that the team is that vulnerable without Brady shows, like, one how important he is, yes, but just how vulnerable they are without him, which sucks. Right? You literally lose one of your best players for five minutes, right? Like, all your lines are jumbled. Ottawa happens to go on the power play. There's one of your, there's your top power play guy, right? Like. Who else are you going to put on there? Uh, Parker Kelly, Casty, McEwen, yeah. Like, Well, look at Winnipeg. They lost uh, Kyle Connor for quite some time, and they're still kicking ass, right? You should be able to lose your best player and still find ways to win, right? Oh, 100%, right? And that's like – I know the team is still young, right? We're one of the youngest teams in the league, and some of the guys that have been in, in, in the show for a few seasons now, like you think they they, they learn – I think it's a little bit of a maturity thing that they they need just a 
grew up just a little, a little, a little bit more. I think getting a new coach possibly will help fix that, right? Because they're in the transitional period. They don't know where to go because they know once Martin's gone, then they're going to have to learn a whole new system and structure and all of that. So, well, we'll get into, we'll get into coaching a little bit later here. For now, I just want to kind of stick to these seven games. I really want to emphasize on that overtime goal. So Chikrin t- tries to take a clapper, totally fans on the shot, misses the puck completely, creates a 2 on no. That guy, I swear to God, someone must have stuck Jalapenos up his ass because he booked it back, and he stopped that 2 on no pass. He got a stick in there, which is the reason why we're able to get G come back up with the puck you know, to, to Timmy and then back to G and with that fucking beautiful shot from a messed up angle. Uh, hats off to Chikrin, because if I'm not wrong, I think that Boston overtime goal that we got screwed on was a Chikrin. Mistake, yeah, wasn't it? It, was, it, it, was, it was on him. And I think he totally redeemed himself tonight with that. So I think that was that was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, a pretty active stick tonight anyways, from what I saw. So that was nice to see. Amen. Um, talks about a Corpus Allo buyout, and if it makes sense, you know, trying to leave emotion out of it, thinking logically. Do you think Philly that buying out Corpy makes sense? Um, I mean, from a financial standpoint, no, because we just are, we're just erasing all that dead cap and having a one point three three million dollar or higher uh, cap hit there for the next eight seasons. I don't think would be would be worth it. To be honest with you, I think he could be like um, if our if our D shows up. Um, and actually plays well, I think, as evidence of tonight um, in the in the mop up duty he came in, he he can be uh, a good good goaltender, especially when <clears throat> our defense shows up. I think he'd make a good like B goalie. I don't think he would be a. I don't think he should be a starter. And it was a mistake signing him for that ten or twenty million dollar five year deal there. So or whatever, however many years it was he's not worth that money but i definitely wouldn't i I wouldn't buy him out to be honest with you eric would you like i said leave emotional emotions out i know your thoughts on this but leaving emotions out do you think it's a smart move to buy out corpus i'm gonna have to say no um we i have to agree with phil here the we just got a dead cap off. Uh, I I don't want to really get more, but we need to f- figure out uh, what to do with him. This is ridiculous. Yeah, because after this season, there's a bunch of cap coming off. I think the only person that's going to be left on it is Colin White. If I'm not wrong. After yeah. besides that, everybody else is gone. Bobby Ryan, uh, Del Zotto, uh, Matt Murray, they're all gone. So, which is yeah. good with cap going up though. It, would it affect us that bad? Um, I don't think it would affect us too bad. But when you see how strapped we are now for cap space, we want to make sure we solve that cushion. So I agree that buying our cap at Corpy is, is not a good move. I think we're in a bit of a, a troubling situation here. And the last thing we want to do is trade him and retain some salary and do the same thing where we're paying another goalie like we did with Matt Murray to go play somewhere else, right? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's yeah. Sorry, Eric, what? No, I was just saying we don't want that uh, situation again. Yeah. Hey, the problem with Corpus, and I think I'm not sure if you're part of that conversation or if I think you were non-responsive. But Eric and I were going back and forth about Anderson, and 
I think Corpusalo shows more skills than Anderson did. But when you look at Andy, he was consistently not great. He was consistently good, which is all we needed. Corpusalo showed brilliant moments, and then he'll show moments where I swear to God, I went to the rink last Friday for my kids' skating class, and there was guys playing in the rink next to us that were way better than Corpy could be sometimes. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. It's uh, yeah, it's they got to figure something out because we need consistency, even if it's average. We need consistency, not not flashes of greatness followed by a complete fucking failure. So, yeah, it comes yeah. it comes down to the defense, in my opinion. Like if he's 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 the the type of goalie, much like how um, Gus is needs structure, like he was last season. Right, like he needs a he needs structure. He needs a good sound defense in front of him, much like how we talked about um, Allmark in uh, in Boston. Right, above average numbers, but pretty solid uh, win loss record because he has a pretty solid uh, defensive team in in front of him. Because even though Boston should have regressed this year, uh, they're still showing up and still playing hockey and pretty playing pretty good defensively, at least like from what what I saw in the one game I watched. So tying this in kind of to New York, what went wrong in New York? My opinion is Corpus Allo lets in four really bad goals. And as much as Ottawa is one of those don't tap out, don't quit teams. I don't care if you're Boston, if you're Winnipeg or the New York Rangers, you're that's the most deflating situation you can, you can be playing in. Eric, what do you think went wrong in New York? And do you agree? Is it, do there was just the four goals from Corpy just kind of fucked the entire game up? I hundred percent. Um, you you need to have those shots. They're they're just not good goals at all to give up, um, and that that fucked us for the rest of the game. Unfortunately, Phil, what happened in New York, buddy? Um, I'm gonna go back to that fight. Everything was going very good until. Um, Brady decided to step up from not even a dirty hit on uh, Timmy. On Timmy, like that was a that was a clean hit. It was a hockey hit, right? You don't um, set the wrong message, in my opinion. Uh, okay. And then they capitalized on on that. Why not having Brady um, end up like not having Brady on the ice? Right? They they realized, oh well, Brady's gone. Now we can um, we can have our guy step up because he fought a. He fought a, an, an AHLer, like a, four, a fourth line guy. He didn't fight like Kreider or anybody like that, right? I know there was no Truba in the lineup, but those are the guys there that if that was a hit, that's the type of person you'd fight. Because then yeah, it would, see, would be one, one, one for one, not taking Brady out and a guy who's a scrub, in my opinion, not nothing. Uh, he'd be fourth line on any on on any team, and then from there, well. They capitalized on that, scored a goal, and it just swung the momentum and completely deflated the team. They just completely were going through the motions. And that's one of the big problems with today's NHL. And a lot of like a lot of these senior analysts and even the newer like Mark Mathot or the guys that I mentioned, like Jason Gregor and stuff, anyway, they all said the same thing is the problem is now when you get a clean hit, everybody wants to fight. And it's just like, you know what, man, like I understand you're trying to send a message that you can't hit my players like that. But if you put yourself in a position to get smoked clean, 
It's your fault. I think I think the message should be you need to protect yourself and play smarter. Not I'm going to go after the other guy because he had a big open fucking open ice hit, right? So yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Now, I, if Tim if Timmy ended up being out of the game because he got rocked and got his bell rung or whatever, there, that's when you step up and you fight somebody. And then you're you know what that that means you came to the defense of your teammate, you stepped up, and then you play for you play for Timmy. Obviously, the team as well too, but you play for him and you and you try to win the game for him, not just completely like lose. Hundred percent. All right, passing New York next up. So the search for a new head coach is ongoing, and Steo says he's had his eyes on somebody. Who do you think he's eyeballing, Phil? Um, to be honest with you, I have I have no idea. Kind of going. Just give me a sec. I'm gonna pull something up here. But uh, I'm just kidding. I'll start with Eric. Eric, who do you yeah. think he's eyeballing? Who do you want him to eyeball? Um, I have a funny feeling he's coming for that uh, guy in in the. I think it's the AHL. It's. He, he knows them. Um, they have previous history together. I just can't can't think of his name. AHL from 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 Belleville or from maybe it's remember? not the AHL. I, th- I think it's uh, the Bulldogs. Hamilton. Oh, uh, I, excuse the yawn. Holy shit! Sorry, boys. Right. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember his name either. But I'm also like running on hour and a half sleep. <laughs> but if if it's not him, I I think it it'll probably be a Brube. Yeah, see, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say what is you. I don't think we need to go to a coach with no experience. I think we need to go to a a Berube type guy, and I think he'd be fucking perfect. He's from Ontario. He's worked with young kids before, man. Like and vets, he knows how to he knows how to coach both, right? And he's a very defensive, smart coach. He's had. Guys from like Robin Regeer and Petriangelo, all these guys who've played for him. So like he knows what he's doing. And Bobeister, sorry. And so like he, he's coached these guys, like he knows what he's doing. Philly, what did your research turn up, my friend? Well, like because I was at the hot stove uh, yesterday with uh, Lucky among, Bastard. Amongst <laughs> other other season ticket holders. Um Poulain said that you like winning teams, uh, like Vegas how they've transitioned from coaches to coach to coach, right? Because they had um, they had Gerard Gallant start off, right? And then yep. DeBoer came in um, not too long after that. And, they, and then now um, Bruce Cassidy, right? Each coach leaves a layer of how um, the team is taught and structure and everything like that. The next coach brings in a new layer while the team retains the previous layer of learning. And then now the third coach has come in. Um, they talked about vet, veteran guys, two hundred feet, two hundred foot players. Kind of got the vibe that they don't want to bring in a uh, a rookie coach. They want somebody that can win, um, somebody that is that is is driven, that uh, is a motivator, but also a disciplinarian. Um, I think two guys. You brought up one, Brube. The other guy would be Julian, just because he's got the the local ties, right? He. Uh, he knows Martin and whatnot would be good, I think, uh, to work side the team. But my heart is uh, set on uh, on Mr. Mr. Craig Berube, the Stanley Cup champ. 
And I honestly think that next year Alfie goes back to player development. I don't think he comes back an assistant coach because whoever comes in is going to want to bring in their own guys, right? So I think Cap is done at the end of the season. Alfie's going to go back to player development type rule or whatever he wants to do. But I don't think he comes back as an assistant coach. I think whoever comes in, like I said, they're going to overhaul and bring in their entire own squad, right? Yeah. Made- Alfie might be part of the squad. Who knows? I just, you know, just saying. Yeah, they uh... – they they did talk a bit about that and like they like they are evaluating him and like what he brings to the um like what he brings to the bench and to the locker room and whatnot. Um they made it seem that uh, Martini is gonna be around the team next year, but will be moving up to the up top and be that senior analyst or that senior con- consultant as what he was brought on to uh to help DJ. I think he's they made it seem like he's sticking around uh for good. Give him an assistant general manager's position. Like, he's like, he knows talent, man. He knows hockey. Like, I'd be down with that. Yeah. So, and as for Alfie, one thing I really liked is um, they have not, like, I mean, when he first came behind the bench, there's a lot of excitement behind it. But, like, now you don't hear about it anymore. And I like that the media is not focusing on Alfie because Alfie doesn't have to be the bad guy in any of this, right? So, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad they're leaving him out of it. <laughs> Except for his very, very, very poor performing power play right now right now it's doing good man it's got like three in the last or yeah three in the last seven i think or it was before tonight before tonight we were like three in the last seven yeah so but yeah before that you're right it was absolute shit it was nothing from january 1st right like yeah i mean people are going dry january for alcohol i think daniel Robinson thought it meant for the power play but that's all good we love you alfie we love you you're you're god um Eric, we're gonna start with you. Pinto's been back for five games. Comes back, gets an apple against Philly, scores a goal the next game, making a lot of intelligent plays defensively. This is exactly what we needed. He has been the Tylenol to the headache uh, on the defensive side of things for the forwards, and I think uh, a lot of teams seeing it and they're they're reading into what he's doing and they're not mimicking, but they're they're kind of doing the same, being like, hey, like we got to do this, you know, this way. What's your thoughts on the last five games with Pinnerback? I thought, I think he he just brought that spark that the team really didn't have. Um, he even he's said in one of his interviews that he just he brings the vibes that the guys didn't really have anymore. So to bring that that youth in, the just the kind of player that. Pinto is it. It definitely made a uh, a positive difference. Agreed. Like you could tell, man, when you watch Pinto interviews, how like he's excited, he's always smiling, and like he's sarcastic and shit like that. And you could like I remember watching the video of like Parker Kelly, like hardcore, like that brother high five with Pinter, and and it was just like, oh, you could feel that. That was emotion yeah. behind it. So, hundred percent, Philly, you're. Uh, Thoughts on Pinner in the last five games coming back? Um, it's nice to see the uh, the top nine guys all healthy and in a lineup together. Um, with this is the lineup more or less, kind of what I envisioned at the start of the season. So it's nice to see Pinto come back and look like he not even miss a beat. To be honest with you, like he's been firing in all cylinders, um, finishing checks. Got two points in his five games. Can't ask for a better return, to be honest with you. It was nice 
again to see him him come back after missing 41 games um, and play at a pace as if he hadn't even missed a beat. So, Yeah, it's beautiful. Like, I know Jason York had put on some, like, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but Jason York's been doing these like in-game little breakdowns on stuff he's seeing. And there was the one where he's showing Pinto making a defensive play against the boards. And it's just the little things like that. And then it turned into like a scoring chance. But like that's what Pinto brings, man. It's just all the little things that you need. I think Ottawa really lacked the little things in their game. So beautiful to see. Um Heart and soul. We talk about the heart and soul of this team. We talk about, I'm going to say mainly two guys, which is Brady and Timmy. They're both, uh, Brady's very vocal on the ice. You can see the emotion. Uh, he'll fight. He gets angry. Uh, he scores. He does everything. Timmy, you can see it when he's pissed off. You can tell when he's down. Those are kind of two guys that the whole team follows into battle. So when Brady and Timmy score, how many times have you seen a game this season where Brady and Timmy both scored and we didn't win? It's just not when they both score in a single game. It's just a rare thing not to, for us to win. And yeah. like, for example, tonight, for tonight, look at tonight. Tonight you had Brady, Batherson, and you had G, uh, G and Timmy, all four score. So like, yeah, we've been having a lot of secondary scoring that's been helping us. But when our big guys show up, we don't lose very often. So... Very do true. we, yeah, do we need more heart and soul players like this? Like, I know, Phil, one of the things you mentioned that uh, Seos mentioned was wanting 200 feet, uh, 200 feet players, like 200 foot uh, players. Like, I think it'd be nice to bring in another veteran who's like 28 years old, who is, you know, 200 foot player. Do we need another heart and soul player who's going to put it all out, put it all out there? Phil, what do you think? Yeah, for sure, 100%. Like, I think that will, uh, I think that'll definitely help to be honest with you. Like we, um, we need to be more of a complete team and we're, I was hoping that this year would have been that year with bringing on Tarasenko. And, um, I thought maybe we would get a different version of Kubalik, um, as well too. bringing those two guys on that have some playoff experience also have a cup, right. Too, um, and having those guys in the room alongside G like, um, I thought, things would be would be different um but i think granting those 200 getting another 200 foot guy guy of a more complete player i'm open to the 28 year 28 year old guy um it would would be nice to have have older like i know that we're linked to tanev i know he's a defense defensive guy like a defenseman maybe we lose a couple other guys like to trade or whatnot, but I think having the 200, I think having, having somebody who, who can step up and help out, uh, it's definitely a need. Eric, what do you think? Should Ottawa be adding at the deadline? And when I say adding at the deadline, I don't really mean a rental. Should Ottawa be looking to obtain a long-term piece, 200 foot person who's a heart and soul kind of player. Yeah. Hopefully they have cup experience with them, but yeah, I I think they they need at least one more. No, that's fair. Uh, I'm gonna end it with this question: What does the Ottawa? What sorry? What do the Ottawa Senators do with Vladimir Tarasenko? 
Eric. I'm hoping that he resigns. Um, I I read on uh, Twitter that he's he and his uh, family were, really enjoy the area. Um, he he apparently said that he'd be hoping to staying, but I I personally want to bring him back. Kelly, a hundred percent. Seeing what he's done in the community um, as being a guy who lives here, right? Um, it's nice to see new guys step up um, and acclimate themselves like right off the bat. He's done the hospital stuff. He's active in the community, which is fantastic to see, especially like af- after um, not really being a destination on where guys want to come. You know what I mean? It's nice to see uh, a guy who's won a cup who's still got quite a few good years left, like good serviceable years left in the NHL, want to come here. I know that with his old agent, he was looking uh, at uh, a long-term deal, like two, three seasons, and Ottawa was on his radar as one of those teams. So then, then I don't know what happened, but he ended up switching switching uh, representation agent. and yeah. got the – the best deal that was uh, put forward, which obviously he's here in Ottawa, which was uh, again nice to see. I hope, I hope he gets resigned. If not, he's open to leaving and resigning in the summertime. We can do that too if we can want to get something for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. One the of the we're gonna end up because I don't know. I don't think we're gonna get in the playoffs, but it would be nice to not give up. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get that. Um. I know his kids play hockey in Ottawa too. <clears throat> Tarasenko did mention, like he was pleasantly surprised with how happy he was in Ottawa and how much he liked the city and the people and the fans and stuff like that. And his family's really enjoying Ottawa. I think, like I would give him, I'd give him a three-year deal if he's not looking for more than what he's making. Yeah, if, sure. he's, if, if he's looking for more, I say, you know, you you ship him out at the trade deadline. Um, he's not the guy he was three years ago, but he is still very serviceable. He's still very good on a second line, yes. and he can. And if we have to trade him, yeah, you get a decent haul back for him, and he would he would help another team try and win a cup, right? And you know he's got a Stanley Cup ring already, so I mean, that's the kind of guy you want in your locker room if you're trying to win. So, yeah, for sure, hundred percent. I he said that uh, if I'm not mistaken, that Ottawa reminds him a lot of St. Louis, like the quietness of the city. Mm. Um, and like, obviously he's a celebrity and whatnot And here. You don't get really bugged. You're not like hounded. You know what I mean? Not under the same media scrutiny as like being in a New York or a Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver, a place like that where, or LA where it's like a big media market, which is one thing that he likes because he likes to keep his, his life private. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and we wait till they're done eating to ask for autographs. We don't do it in the middle of the meal. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So, all right. Well, that'll do it all for episode ten. Uh, again, it's nice that we can uh, chat right after a Sens win uh, in such a crazy fucking fashion. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it was it was uh, it was dead emotion in the first period, followed by a really excited you know, second by a nail biting third, and then a friggin' hoot of a th- overtime. But anyways. 
We'll we'll call that an episode, boy. Thanks for uh, jumping in, and uh, go sends go. Go sends go. Go sends go.